Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. It takes me an entire week to prepare for Sunday's homily. And so as I was working on this past homily, I was preparing something that might surprise you, that I was uh, preparing a football homily. I know that surprises many of you, but uh, sometimes I like to surprise you with that. And uh, during the week, Paul Hillebrand, our music director, sent me an email and said, you know, Eric, the theme of all the scriptures is on humility. And I decided to write a song that would be able to be part of humility. And I really thought, wow, what a gift that, uh, that he has. So I started praying about it, and my thoughts turned to our parish staff. And my prayer talked about the gifts that each one brings to ministry and how many of them have gifts that I don't have. There's gifts of Scripture, the gift of experiencing different things, of helping the poor. Some are great listeners. Others love children and the youth. Others have great patience or skills of reading and knowledge. And they all have great gifts. And it really helped me to really appreciate who they are, even though I don't have those gifts, to be sure that I am moved from insecurity or jealousy or not being happy with myself to being one of being grateful. And so I thought today, rather than talk about football, even though it's hard it is for me, huh? I thought I would share with you humility. I don't want to give you a definition of humility and only give you one idea. Each scripture reading today has an insight that might apply to you and me and might help us on our spiritual journey. Our first reading from the Old Testament is from the book of Sirach. Sirach is not found in the Jewish scripture canons, or neither will you find the book of Sirach in our Christian brethren's Bible as well. It's only found in the Catholic Bible. Even though the Jews honored Sirach for the first 11th century. And so Sirach basically talks about in his book prayer and sacrifice. And in talking about that, he says that one can only please God in ways of rituals that are outward and seen by others if one observes the law. In fact, he says, if one only does external things without following the law and giving one's heart to God, it's an abomination to God. And basically what he's saying is that all people are justified by observance of the law. You see, the New Testament, all the writings after Jesus, really would not agree with Sirach, and they would separate from them. Because Sirach doesn't believe in what is called unmerited grace. In other words, you have to earn everything from God. And yet, the New Testament is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. And says, no, it is a free gift from God. And so the question we might ask ourselves then, why do we have the Old Testament? What good is it for us as Christians? You know, it doesn't apply to us, especially if if some of the things don't apply anymore in our lives. I think it's important to know that we need to have a history 
of humanity's journey with God. There's still truth in the Old Testament, but it's the fulfillment of that to say that we've moved beyond. The real humility for anyone in studying God's Word and knowing God is, can we move beyond thinking we know everything? You see, we might just look at the Old Testament and say, why do we need the Old Testament? Well, one, we can be doomed to repeat history. Each generation can believe the falsehood that you have to earn and win God's love and grace. But sometimes we can become so rigid that we misuse the Old Testament and our pride gets in the way rather than humility. Sometimes we can quote verses in there to justify, oh, you know, God killed people. We should be able to kill people too. Oh, you know what? This is in terms of morality and sexuality, in terms of relationship. This is what it says there, so it must be true, so that's what the way it's going to be. And what can happen then is we're not humble enough to know that we don't know everything about God, but that we have to be open to growth. You cannot see the Old Testament without the New Testament. Otherwise, it just becomes a rigid book. Everything I know about God is in the Bible or in the catechism. There is nothing new to learn. And sometimes Christians can find themselves that way, so full of pride to say there's nothing new. We know everything about God, and God has nothing new to reveal about us, how to live, how to treat each other, how to grow in holiness. And my friends, that's pride. Humility is saying, okay, God, I don't understand everything. I don't know why, and it's so confusing, but I'm going to trust in you. And so, do we sometimes let pride get in the way? Because we're so rigid about, we already know about God and other people don't. I think that's one way to really consider, are we humble enough to know more and hunger more about God? In today's second reading, St. Paul is in prison, and he's writing another letter to his friend Timothy. And he is really knowing that he is near death. He begins with saying, my life is poured out like a libation. Libation could find itself with wine and oil being poured at the Jewish liturgy. But he also is speaking, remember, to Gentiles, those who are not Jews. And many of them have converted from paganism. And so he speaks often to Romans and Greeks. And in their false god worship, they would take oil and wine and place it on the ground on special feasts and occasions of their gods. So Paul takes an image of paganism that the people are aware of and turns it around with God and says, my life is being poured out to God's people, to the church. Sometimes our pride is saying the world can't teach us anything. The world is bad. And we always use the world as something to beat up on and scare people about the world. That it cannot teach us anything good because the whole world is secular and pagan. And yet, Christians are called to see God. Whenever there is good done in the world, no matter where it's from, we call it God. We call it Christ. The church has a long history where it does take symbols that the secular world knows and appreciates, but we turn that around to say, no, it is God. 
So even though they don't use church language, even though they don't use Catholic language, even though they don't think exactly the way that we do, Paul uses an image of paganism to turn that around and say, my life is poured out like oil and wine for Christ and for his people. Sometimes our pride is we look down on people and say, the world can't teach us anything. And for some Christians, they're so afraid that they hide from the world. And they're afraid to go out and proclaim the good news. Humility means we can learn, even from the world, even from people who don't know or understand God, wherever there is good, we call it God working in the life of community. That takes humility. Paul also experiences abandonment. Notice that he writes to Timothy and says, I was up for arraignment. I'm in prison and being accused of these. And this is what Paul says, not one Christian, not one of all the nations I proclaimed in, not one came to the hearing at my defense. That's abandonment. What a disappointment. Man, I've, I've given my life to God and to the church. I went through so much suffering and not one of them had the time to come and support me and be with me in my most vulnerable time? Have you ever found yourself that way, abandoned by other people? Have you ever felt wounded and hurt by people and feeling like, God, I've given everything to this family, to this relationship, to this parish, to this neighborhood, to this country, and they all abandoned me? What great humility that Paul says, may God not hold it against them. Do you think you and I can do that? I don't know. Sometimes I enjoy being angry at people who hurt me. I enjoy being passive aggressive. Oh, yes, you know you're bad. You know you've done these things. And we carry on that wound and that anger because we won't release people from that. What great humility especially when we feel embarrassed, ashamed, walked over, taken for granted, wounded. Paul gives us great humility in saying, may it not be held against them. Is there anyone you find difficult to say those words to? You see, pride destroys many human relationships. Pride hurts and wounds the body of Christ. Humility says, no, love, not self-interest, is what lifts people up. In today's gospel, Jesus uses a story, a parable. And remember, parables are meant to turn our thinking upside down. That's what a parable is. If we have the same thought in listening to it beforehand, and we've spent years just thinking the same thing, then parable isn't working. And Jesus needs us to remind that we've got to change things. And so it's between a Pharisee and a tax collector. A tax collector was a Jew at that time who worked with the Romans who were occupying the area. And they would hire people to do a certain amount for taxes. These tax collectors then could raise other income 
And sometimes many of them gouged people and overcharged way belong. And that's why they were so despised and hated because they were called traitors. How could you do this to your own people with those Roman occupiers? And so it's important to know that tax collectors were despised and hated. Pharisees, on the other hand, were well-loved. Sometimes the Bible gives us not an accurate picture of Pharisees. Pharisees were concerned about family life and the law, and many of them did good things with Jesus. One reminds, a Pharisee reminds Jesus that Herod is out to kill him and saves Jesus' life. Another one acts as moderator and mediator between the apostles and the Sanhedrin, the Jewish council. The only evidence we have of any Pharisee persecuting followers of Jesus is St. Paul. Pharisees were good, but also sometimes they were misled. And today, they felt that they were justified by observing the law like Sirach said. That wins us love. The problem with the prayer of the Pharisee is he demonizes and disrespects another person. The pride inflates his own self-image at the expense of belittling another We generalize a group of people or a person, and we have no feeling towards them. Pride, again, can really hurt relationships. Take a look at what's happening in our society, especially in our country. You know, one of the things I don't like doing, but it's really important, is to follow the news. I tried to stick to sports, but yesterday, after Notre Dame got clubbered, I had to go back to the news. And in that... Here's what I think you and I often see. Someone with a political ideology, any kind of ideology, will choose an instant that is so extreme, but it justifies what they believe. Did you hear this liberal? Did you see what an idiot they are? And look at that. Anybody could believe that. Because all liberals are unpatriotic. All liberals hate our country. All liberals are a bunch of socialists and really seek to ruin our country. Or someone who is a liberal would look at the conservative thing and choose something very extreme to justify their own thought. Do you see this conservative? They're all bigots. They all are fascists. They all just care about money and not about anyone else. And we justify our ideology in saying we are right and others are wrong. You know, radio talk show hosts, television commentators are paid to agitate us. I don't know if you knew that or not. Doesn't mean they necessarily believe, but in order to get ratings, they have to poke us. And they use us to demonize other people. We generalize, we belittle. That's exactly what the Pharisee was doing wrong. I am not like this tax collector. I am faithful. I pay my my way. I pray all the time. I am not like that other person. Boy, that's going to be the downfall of our country is pride. Because there's very little humility if we think we're right and other people are wrong. Even spiritually, 
ideology, politically, even personal. Pride to belittle another person, another group of people, is not the Christian way. Humility means I will listen. Humility means that I disagree. I don't see it that way. But I will not label you or generalize you or discount you or demonize you. Christians easily get sucked into that. And many Christians who come and eat the body of Christ are the same people who will spit out hurtful words, words that are meant to justify what they believe because they are right and the others are wrong. So I ask you today, what ways are we humbled to know more about God? What else do we have to read and pray about? What else do we need to be humble with to know, God, we don't know everything about you, but help us hunger more and read more and hunger for your presence. What ways do we need to learn from the world rather than demonize the world and be afraid of it? What can the world teach us? What can we see God working when anyone does any good? Can we see God's spirit moving? Because if Christians don't, nobody else will. What ways... Can we forgive people who have abandoned us? What ways can we have the words that come out of our mouth? Do not hold that against them, Lord. What a humble thing. And what ways can we do better in a humble way, not thinking we are more right than others? Because other people who think differently than I do are just wrong. Pride destroys human relationships. Pride damages our relationship with God. Humility lifts up the other, accepts their weakness, sees it in oneself, and journeys together with others. Thank you for listening to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Homily Podcast. We are Christian Disciples in Mission, 